Fight Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. It is midweek time once again here on the Owl Chat Podcast. We are back with, I believe, a podcast record third show of the week. Uh, we're going to keep this one somewhat brief for y'all, but still um, got to get you guys your news. So I'm joined here in studio by my partner and co-host, John, and producer, Nick. Fellas, how are we doing today? Man, can't complain. Same shit, different day. Uh, ready to talk some Owl sports. Absolutely. Couldn't be better. Do have um, a rare now errors and omissions to uh, report before we start the show. Um, I was informed by a listener the other day that um, the NCAA now does let college basketball players wear a number greater than six on their jersey. Um, And this was approved sometime over the summer. I think it was a week or two after we had already submitted our jersey numbers for the men's and women's basketball teams this year. But um, Queens has two players on their rosters that wear numbers greater than six. So um, that is a rule change. And uh, that came up in conversation last week when talking about retiring um, the number one for Terrell Burden. So um, we will not run out of numbers anytime soon. Uh, that is for sure. But yeah, with that being said, we'll move on to just some of the sports that happened throughout the week. We'll start with lacrosse per usual. Um, lacrosse won their regular season home opener big 22 to 12 over Presbyterian behind a five goal night from Hannah Barth. Uh, following the win, KSU headed to Greenville to face Furman on the road. The Owls fell short 19 to 15, despite a six goal night from Shannon Harrington. Um, by the time this recording goes up, lacrosse will have faced Gardner Webb at home and will be preparing to travel to Longwood on Saturday. Uh, moving on to tennis. The men's team pulled out a four to three home win over Samford while we were recording last midweek um, to improve three and two on the season. Um, after about a week off, they will take on UNC Asheville on the road this Saturday. The women's team continued their slow start with a two to five loss to UAB in Birmingham on Friday to fall to one and three. And they'll be back on the road in Cullowee against Western Carolina on Friday. Moving on to golf, the men's team remained out of action and won't be back till mid-March. Um, and the women's team also did not compete, but Lara Jeshnik, I believe I'm getting that right, received a Sun Golfer of the Week for her performance at the Columbia Classic two weeks ago. Um, she receives the award for the first time in her career. Uh, in track, we have some exciting news. A group of current and former owls competed at the USA Track and Field Indoor Championships last week in New Mexico. Um, and KSU alumni Daniel Ha set a world record in the weight throw with in the weight throw event with a mark of two twenty six point thirty five meters um, to break a record that has stood since nineteen ninety five and was almost a full two feet shorter. Uh, cool moment for KSU as an owl etches himself into the history books. So that's all I got, Nick. I know you got a somewhat depressing softball report. Um, so let's get that out of the way. Somewhat depressing, but not lacking in content. So we'll 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 recap last week's games. Uh, since we last talked, KSU softball has dropped six straight games. Uh, it all started last week when they hosted number two Tennessee. It was a fourteen nothing route by the Volunteers in a five inning mercy rule game. Uh, KSU used four of their best pitchers to no avail in that game. Um, the Owls batters combined for two hits and one walk in the contest. So all of my predictions for that game uh, out the window, which not too surprised, number two team in the country, but hoping we could bounce back on the weekend. Uh, that also didn't really work our way. Uh, they would return to Bailey Park on Friday when the Kennesaw State tournament kicked off. Uh, their first action saw the Owls lose to Ole Miss 3-1. to one. 
Melanie Bennett took the primary responsibilities on the mound for the Owls, pitching four in a third innings. She only allowed two runs, uh, and that came on a home run in the first inning. Kenley Hillary would relieve Melanie for the final two and two thirds, and she also uh, would give up one unearned run on two hits. Uh, Ava Gazowski was the most effective hitter on the team for the game. Um, technically didn't record an at bat, which is a little interesting. She had two walks and a sack fly in the sixth that plated the only KSU run of the game. Uh, the rebels pitchers combined, uh, for all seven innings, one run, two hits, two walks and fanned nine owls. The second contest KSU played on Friday featured a nine, six loss to ETSU that included a late rally attempt from our owls. Lindsay Kite uh, and our other two younger pitchers, Janakos uh, and Friedel, combined for seven earned on 11 hits, four walks, and a hit by pitch. Uh, it was a festival of fielding errors from both sides that helped keep the total number of earned runs down to eight, despite the total number of runs in the game being 15. That's an interesting note. Uh, Kiara Cooper had a good showing on offense. She went two for three with two ribbies and uh, plated two herself. Um, KSU came back for more on Saturday, looking to split with Ole Miss. That unfortunately did not happen after a strong three run start from the rebels in the first, uh, KSU was able to match with a Gazowski uh, RBI double in the first and a Shemako two run home run in the fourth, the owls pitching unraveled in the fifth and sixth innings, allowing 11 runs before the mercy rule kicked in. In the game, KSU allowed 15 hits. Uh, they allowed 14 runs, all of which were earned. Only scored five on nine hits and uh, committed four errors in this game. So obviously you can see uh, fielding not our strong suit to start off the year. Hopefully it's still rust and we might be able to shake it off. Um, but we move on. KSU had a real chance in their fourth tournament game against Pitt. Uh, both teams were tied at three and would take the game into the ninth inning before crowning a winner. Uh, however, that winner was not our Owls. The 4-3 loss featured another Shemako home run, her second on the day, uh, and four innings of one-hit softball from Melanie Bennett, whose only run allowed, which was unearned because it was the placed runner on second in that ninth inning, uh, was unfortunately the final nail in the coffin. Um, KSU finished their weekend slate on Sunday against ETSU, an 8-6 extra innings loss. That was their seventh straight loss for the team dating back to the start of the season. Uh, Bennett and Hillary held the majority of the pitching responsibilities, allowing six earned across eight and a third innings. Despite the loss, KSU fought back uh, from down 5-0 in the top of the fourth to tie it up and sent the game to extras. Uh, this was done on a Ty Hardeman RBI single in the fourth, Cassidy Emerson Fox three-run homer in the fifth, and a Macy Howes RBI single in the seventh. Both teams played a scoreless eighth inning, but ETSU would put up three additional runs in the ninth that KSU could unfortunately not match. So where do we go from here? Um, I don't know. Well, <laughs> to be completely honest, <laughs> like hopefully we, uh, we, we get a win. Um, we got uh, softball kicking off another uh, uh, challenge this weekend, the I-75 challenge, that is. Uh, they'll have two games against Ball State on Friday, two against Army on Saturday, and then uh, single games against Robert Morris in UNCG on Sunday. So hopefully we're able to pull out a win in one of those, if not more than one of those. Um, 
but how are we going to do that is going to be the question. And I have a partial answer. Um, we can't be afraid to play with the lineup early in the season. Um, there's already a lot of uh, consistency with our lineups that we've seen over the first 10 games that we've played. Um, and I think we're underutilizing some players in the lineup. Cassidy Emerson Fox is our best hitter at the moment, and she hasn't batted any higher than fifth this season. And she only batted in the sixth hole this entire weekend. So that was six games. Uh, Ava Gazowski has been our highest uh, on base percentage hitter. Uh, she hasn't batted any higher than the third. I understand she's a freshman, um, but you know what? I I'm someone who plays by the numbers and plays by the hot hand. And right now, those are your two best hitters, and you have them batting in three in the six hole. Th that, to me, is just a little... I would honestly have uh, Ava Gazowski batting in the leadoff spot to allow uh, Stella Henry an opportunity to move the runner over or use her speed as an advantage to either break up a double play or get two runners on for the meat of our order, which should be Cassidy, Emerson, Fox in the three hole, and then some combination of Caroline Shemako, Macy Howes, and uh, Cooper. You know, we got to get people on base and you got to get people across the plate. And if you spread out all of your production throughout the lineup, you're not guaranteeing that the hitters around the hitters who are producing are going to get them in. Let's try to group up our production a little bit, see what happens. Maybe you can spark the bottom of the lineup if you get some runs across early. Um, I love Henry in the leadoff spot, but I have always been a believer that you put your speed uh, in the two hole. And we got to give our pitching uh, leads to play with. We haven't really done that well. Um, so that's kind of where I'm looking to, to, to try to get a win in the coming days. Uh, any notes from Kai or John on this? I know you guys don't. So I don't, I don't really know anything about these upcoming opponents, but I would think with, you said it was Ball State, Army, and Robert Morris, that there would be some winnable games in that mix. Also, what a weird collection of opponents. I mean, you got Indiana, New York, and Virginia. Um, I believe they UNCG, they, they yeah. play two opponents on Sunday. Yeah, so all over the place. But I know Robert Morris isn't good at anything. Um, so I don't think their softball team is um that much better but i could be sounding like an idiot here i don't know but uh yeah something's got to give like you said um you know we're just observing from afar you're you know more on top of it than we are but um we're two and eight with some really ugly losses and from what i'm hearing we aren't adjusting and that's scary so something's got to change yeah i've never experienced robert morris actually you know being good in something so i'm with you right there kai um it would shock me if they actually are good in something uh, but these are famous last words, so now we can't lose to Robert Moore, so we'll look really bad. Um, not not the team, us. Uh, so please, please, Coach McKay, beat Robert Morris if you do nothing else. Um, but yeah, I don't follow too closely, or I don't watch too many of the games. But um, you know, I see some parallels here with the baseball team. You know, just the lineup where only a few people are hitting right now, and you John, know, I've got some bad news. Robert Morris is decent at softball. Oh my God. They were at first okay. I thought you were gonna say my mic wasn't working. I was like, oh shit. Now I have to re-record that again. But no, thank, no. thank even, God that's the news. Even worse. They're not bad. I can only find their 2022 schedule because my internet is slow, but they went 31 and 21. So they can't be that bad. Oh my God. Uh what about ball state? We need to get an update there. 
before yeah, or, or yeah. army i i can't imagine what it's like recruiting for a military academy softball you know in football you know it's it's another story just get guys who are athletes and you know are in the right shape but softball i don't know what kind of kid you go after so i have i have no idea how that would work and i don't even think they have athletic scholarships there this is the uh the type of thing we talk about on these midweeks so <laughs> all state exactly. is a combined three of seven to start this year pulling up army now you said three of seven or three and seven three and seven okay okay so they're uh they're a tier above us (laughs) a game above us (laughs) (laughs) sure sure but that that's going to be a interesting one right there and then army oh there's no way they played that many games it says 22 and 37 oh that yeah because it's last year last year yep (laughs) i was like wait hold on a minute nobody cut that keep that in they are 0-10 to start the season. So we're wow. definitely a tier above them. Right. Oh, my God. Now the must-win has shifted All right. from Morris okay. to Army. We need to sweep this weekend. <laughs> no. Okay, Robert Morris is 1-3 this year. So slow start. Maybe they had All a right. big graduating class or something. Let's get a split. Let's get three games this weekend. That's my expectation. There we go. Let's at least double the win total. Dogwood Golf Club is a truly unique hybrid golf club conveniently located near Smyrna, Vinings, and Marietta. The course is hybrid because they offer both membership and daily fee play. Owl fans, be sure to mark your calendar. The Owls Collective has a golf tournament scheduled for Monday, June 10th at Dogwood Golf Club to raise money for KSU athletes. Go to owlscollective.com for more details. Dogwood is a longtime supporter of all things Kennesaw, so be sure to visit their website at dogwoodgolfclub.com. Dogwood Golf Club, an official sponsor of the Owl Chat Podcast. KSU Baseball dropped the home opener to Mercer on Tuesday night in a third straight disappointing effort. Uh, Freshman Daniel Powell got the start and uh, played with fire throughout his uh, inning in two thirds, but didn't give up any earned runs. Um, Out of the pen, Hudson Mims uh, got destroyed coming back on three days rest. And Ajay Quinichette wasn't sharp coming back from injury in his season debut. Um, On the bright side, uh, freshman Jackson Abernathy pitched two scoreless innings of relief in his collegiate debut, thanks in part to a home run robbing catch from Jamari Brooks in left field. Uh, Pitcher Holton Hardy made his D1 debut in relief, going two innings, giving up one hit, two walks, and one run. Uh, the Owls' runs came off of an error, a bases-loaded walk, and a solo pinch hit homer by Donovan Cash. Uh, KSU played uh, Wofford on Wednesday, but at the time of this recording, we don't know the results. Uh, the starters were scheduled to be Nolan Sliver for KSU and lefty Dylan Radins for Wofford. Um, Radins' brother Dalton played on UGA when we played them last year in Kennesaw, so that's just a little, little extra note there. Um, KSU uh, baseball will play uh, Clemson this weekend for a three-game series in South Carolina, and the games will air on ACC Network Extra. So that's not ACC Network, uh, but if you have access to somebody that pays for ACC Network, like through Comcast or something like that, uh, you can probably use that sign-in to uh, watch the games uh, for free, or so to speak, for free. Uh, You can also have a couple other options. You can sign up for, uh, I think it's pronounced Fubo TV online for a seven-day free trial. Uh, Don't forget to cancel or they will charge the crap out of you. 
Uh, but you get that for, I think, seven days and you can access, I guess, the ACC Network Extra stuff. And the same goes for, I think there's Direct TV Stream, but there's a five-day free trial on that one. Same deal. You better cancel because don't blame me. It's on you. Um, set like 10 reminders in your phone or they'll probably like charge you for like 20 months or something. So um, yeah, it's pro like I said, it's probably easier to find someone who has a network, maybe a parent or sibling or something like that through Comcast and use their login details to watch the game. But the Owls definitely, you know, after three rough games in a row, I'm hoping uh, last night's game against Wofford was a W because we really need that and need that momentum uh, heading into uh, three games against uh, Clemson, who is usually one of the uh, top teams in the country. So uh, the way we've been playing, uh, Clemson would destroy us. So we need to be better. I know we can be better. And uh, yeah, that's all I have for baseball. Uh, let's uh, switch modes and talk a little bit about uh, hoops. Uh, we'll start with uh, women's basketball. Um, in some more losing news, we lost our two games last weekend, first being destroyed by Florida Gulf Coast, 77 to 42. Uh, no surprise there, seeing how good Florida Gulf Coast is. Trinice Taylor scored 11 with six rebounds. Then a couple of days later on Saturday, uh, it was senior day. Carly Hooks, Kayla Massive, and Kendall Golden were honored before the game. Uh, but we lost by 10 points, uh, which was a revenge game for Stetson after uh, we beat them by 15 in their place earlier this season. Uh, Kiara Berry went off that game for 20, 24 points and seven rebounds. The Owls, after a what, like a four and one start in conference, are now six and seven and have uh, three road games to finish the season. Uh, luckily, those road games are against three of the four worst teams in the league. Uh, we'll play UNF and JU uh, this weekend on the road. Uh, those, I think, could be dogfights. Uh, but to end the season, we play Queens just like the men's team. And uh, we sh the women's team should walk all over Queens in that game. I mean, Queens is not good, even if it is a row game. So I'd be very surprised um, if we had too, too much trouble with them. Uh, the Owls' chances of getting a top four seed and a first round game at home are very slim to none. Would need probably need a crazy amount of stuff to go right, like just that perfect ending through with three games to go and it's just not going to happen so i'm not seriously considering that the goal now should be to get into the sixth seed or even maybe the fifth there are eight teams competing for the top six in the a sun right now the top three teams are all but guaranteed spots in that top six that however leaves five teams including ksu in position for seeds four through six um, and those teams four through six will not have to play a play-in game. So that is the advantage of being there. Uh, KSU currently is on the outside of that looking in. However, we are essentially, uh, not officially, but essentially mathematically guaranteed a play-in game at worst for worst case scenario, um, which would mean finishing somewhere between the seven and 10 seed. We would just need Florida Gulf Coast to beat lowly UNF to uh, clinch that one. So that is, I guess, uh, some good news there. Uh, but yeah, um, on the men's side, I know we have some games coming up this weekend, and I know Kai has a little bit of a preview for you. Yeah, yeah. I just want to talk a little bit about the uh, the women's team first. Definitely disappointed we couldn't steal that one against Stetson. That would have um, really, really improved our chances to jump into the, the fifth or sixth or maybe even fourth spot. Um, but now uh, it's Fifth or sixth is still not out of reach. I mean, looking at the teams in front of us, we've got UNA and Austin P who have to play each other. 
Um, and then UNA has to play, I think, Central Arkansas and I want to say EKU. Uh, I'm double checking that right now. Um, Central Arkansas and Lipscomb. So, you know, those are two games they could drop. And then Austin P has to play EKU um, and Central Arkansas. So um, if we take care of business and we beat these three teams that are worse than us, you know, we, uh, we could very well find ourselves in that fifth or sixth spot and then getting a bye would just be massive. And then we play the three or the four seed rather than Florida Gulf coast or um, like central Arkansas right out the gate. So um, make a huge difference. Uh, like you said, we should have no trouble with Queens. They're winless in conference. Um, a loss there is inexcusable. Um, and we've got two um, lowly conference opponents, but not, Queens lowly conference opponents before that. And, you know, they're hungry. They're trying to get, you know, I think, I think uh, Jacksonville is still fighting to clinch um, for their spot in the conference tournament. So they're going to be hungry. So a um, lot left out there, but we still got a chance to finish with, you know, a top five seed and a winning record and conference for, I believe only the second time ever. So um, yeah, just uh Fun stuff on the women's side, but moving over to the men's, uh, we've got Florida Gulf Coast and Stetson this week um, in the last Florida road trip um, during our time in the A-Sun. So we'll start with Florida Gulf Coast, who we previewed a little bit more in depth um, when we played them the first time around. So obviously, we beat them 78-75 at home in the first matchup, but FGU's, FGCU's up and down season has continued since our last meeting. They've had some nice wins and some really ugly losses, often back-to-back. Um, including after we beat them in Kennesaw, they beat Stetson 80 to 56 and then followed it with a 98 to 72 home loss to Lipscomb. Um, Zach Anderson still leads the team in scoring, but lately it's been the Keyshawn Kelman and Isaiah Thompson show in Fort Myers. The Eagles are right there with us at the top of the bottom half of the conference. This will be a big one for seeding. They're a senior heavy lineup um, on their final homestand, and they're going to give us all that they've got. Um, so coming off a loss, I have a hard time saying that we're going to we're going to win this one. I'm talking about FGCU coming off a loss because they've had a tendency to bounce back pretty well. Um, and this is their last homestand. So um, I have a hard time predicting a win for us. But if we're going to split this road trip, it's more than likely going to be this game that we're going to take because um, we get Stetson on senior night next in the land. And that one's going to be a lot tougher. So, uh, John, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Kai. We have to take the Florida Gulf Coast game. Number one, it's the first game, and, you know, hope that would give us a chance to win, too, maybe get some momentum going, to, you know, into the Stetson game. Uh, but, yeah, trying to beat a, t- a good team on senior senior day after, you know, you whooped their asses mercifully, you know, at your own place, you know, a month ago. My God, that is a, a, a tall freaking task, especially with how we've been playing you know, lately, it's been a little bit better this past weekend, but you know what I mean? We've lost, we lost six in a row at one point and man, we have to take that Florida Gulf coast. If we don't do that, you know, we're going to put ourselves in a situation where, you know, Queens might become a, uh, you know, a must win. Um, it all depends, I think on how, you know, Jacksonville does this weekend. If, uh, Jacksonville, you know, can't deliver a win and goes Oh, and two or whatever, however many games they have this weekend, then uh, we do have some wiggle room. So, you know, we are standing top, you know, we are standing towards the front in terms of getting that play in spot. And man, that just makes me sad to say that just how far, you know, things have fallen. Right. Right. It's going to be hard to uh, fall out of it um, because Jacksonville would need to get some work done. And we essentially have two games on them with the tiebreaker and with the, the one game advantage, but um, it's not impossible. And if we drop both of these games, then that does become a real conversation. You know, especially if Jacksonville just wins a game this weekend. So, um, like you said, it is disappointing that these are the conversations we're having. But 
Um, we need to just talk about the situation as is, um, cover it for <laughs> what it's become and um, hope for that seven or eight seed so we don't have to play EKU in a first round if we win a play-in game. Yeah, I think Queens is the biggest must win um, because, you know, everything will be kind of decided at that point and we'll know like, okay, what do we have to do? What's our objective here? So that game at that point is going to become a must win. And, you know, with Queens, we beat them already once. So if there is a tiebreaker, you know, we would get the Queens tiebreaker as well um, since they're what, like maybe a game ahead of us or tied, something like that. Uh, I think they're technically below us right now, um, but they may have played a game less. I know there are some teams in conference that have four games left to go while we have three. So I'd have to pull up the standings right now in real time. But yeah, yeah, no, that's that's definitely the most important one of the schedule and definitely like the biggest toss up, I would say. Um, I would yeah, give most our, realistic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, we'll talk about Stetson briefly. Uh, the Hatters have won six of their last seven and honestly have a case for the best team in the conference after their win over EKU um, a week or two ago. Jalen Blackman has continued his all-conference and maybe even player of the year campaign, still averaging over 20 a night. And then Stefan Swenson also continues his excellent year, leading Swenson with 6.5 assists per night and still averaging over 12 a night. It seems like the Hatters have really figured things out down the stretch. Um, and like I said, they get us on senior night down in DeLand. Uh, this one's going to be tough. If there is optimism to be found, it's that in our last matchup, we blew them out in the Convocation Center. So we've been able to figure them out before. But on the flip side, um, they're going to remember that and they're going to be able to adjust. Um, and it's going to be a totally different game. So I, I will flat out predict a loss for this one. I, I don't think there's a shot. We beat them down in their place. Yeah, I'll tell you this, though. If we somehow go to Florida Gulf Coast and Stetson and win both of these, you know, just, you know, I don't think there's a shot of that either, Kai. I'm, I'm, but, you know, just if that happened, I mean, how are we feeling? I mean, rolling into next week, are we like on top of the world? Like, oh, my God, what are what's going on here? Are we back? But um, we if we win those. We're, we're we're having that momentum again. We're we're feeling some sense of hope going into Queens. Win that. That strings three wins in a row. All of a sudden, you know, you're not so pessimistic and down in the dumps about our chances in the tournament. Right. It's not too late to get hot. Um, absolutely. And we've been playing better basketball as of lately. And uh, a good point that was brought up in the press conference after the UNF game is like, you get to go on the road, and while you're playing on the road. Um, you do have less distraction, like with the, the UNF game, you know, that was on senior night and there was a lot of added pressure and, um, you know, a lot of emotions running high and you just really wanted to win that one. So now you get to go on the road and you kind of just get to play basketball. Um, yeah. So, you and know, I, I just want to say there's there's no distractions in Fort Myers. Um, all the private dance clubs, the dancers are all 65 plus. So, uh, you know, there's everybody's going to be locked in and ready to go. Not at all. I remember looking for stuff to do while I was down there last time. and I ended up going to a, uh, a pool hall because that's what that's what they had. So <laughs> you're making a joke. But I mean, in all seriousness, it's a boring place. Um, oh, but dude, check out grannies and fannies on third. It's great. <laughs> I'm sure that's your type of place, John. But um, look, if we can get a split, great. Um, and then we're going into the Queens game, um, hopefully clinching, you know, that last spot or two in the tournament. But um I wouldn't feel optimistic about a sweep here. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I hope our guys are ready to go. Maybe we can, um, you know, arrive a little bit early, uh, catch some bingo and uh, get a, get a dinner at like three o'clock and uh, be ready to go. <laughs> yeah. And just back to the point I was making about this, just being about straight basketball, you know, we're no longer clouding our, 
um, our judgment on how this team, you know, has come along because we're not playing Jacksonville. So this is not a bottom tier conference opponent and it's not senior night. So there's no quote unquote added motivation or extra emotion in the air. So we just get to see like what this team is at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the mood for Florida Gulf coast and that Fort Myers mentality got some big owls basketball at nights followed by some syndicated wheel of fortune. Oh my God. I am. I'm just ready for it. Kai. Uh, you're just going off on it today, huh? Oh, you know it. All right. Well, that's all I got for the basketball previews. Um, we got a fun topic Tuesday this week, John, why don't you take the lead on that one? Yeah, we do have a fun topic Tuesday. Um, as you know, uh, if you've listened to us before, um, Every week we pose uh, two questions to our listeners uh, on Twitter slash X and allow them to give their answers, which we read off on the air. Um, one of the questions is usually more sports related. The other is, you know, some kind of Kennesaw loose tie in. So we'll go one question at a time. Um, who do you believe is our biggest in-state rival? So I will read everyone's answers off and then me, Kai and Nick will give our takes and see who we agree with. Um, Tim D says, Georgia Southern. Okay. Travis H says, uh, rival implies some degree of reciprocal feelings. I don't feel that anyone in state, at least right now, considers us their rival. However, I do think Georgia State generates the most local interest among the fan bases, as evidenced by the turnout in men's basketball from 2023 and football from 2018. John S says, I'll take it even back further. Clayton State from the old Peach Belt Conference in D2. Those basketball games got uh, heated. Currently, Georgia State or Georgia Southern, but the rivalry feels forced. We haven't played games that truly matter to make it a real rivalry. Michael G says, it has to be Georgia currently. Um, it was uh, Mercer back in the old Ace Sundays. And, um, you know, John's answer was actually in reply to Michael G, which... Uh, I just uh, I just figured out here um, about, uh, you know, Mercer was the old A Sundays, but um, uh, Clayton State uh, takes it back another level to even before that. So that's probably in what the early 2000s or whatnot. So um, Anonymous says, I'd say State, I guess. Definitely not Mercer, who always refused to play us in football. And we uh, more we're more aligned with State than Southern. Uh, because state is newer, not a ton of history like us. Um, D1 Georgia Sports, which is an account that kind of talks all about the D1 programs in Georgia that popped up over the last two weeks. So you guys should check them out. They seem like cool people over there. Um, D1 Georgia Sports says, I'd say Georgia State because of proximity slash history in football, basketball, and baseball. Georgia Southern is probably closest in terms of similarity and also have history in basketball and baseball. Uh, Coach Bohannon coached at Southern as well. Well, at least he didn't say Coach Bohannon played at UGA, so therefore UGA is our rival. Um, I was going to say, I mean, Bohannon was a tech in UGA at different times too. So yeah, I mean, the guy's exactly. just Mr. Georgia football. Exactly. Um, and finally, Anonymous says, I feel like Mercer is the closest answer from past experience. Georgia State and Southern have more of a rivalry than we do with either of them, but I feel KSU and Georgia State are more closely aligned with size, proximity, state of their programs with a relatively similar path, recently starting football and moving up in conferences. Maybe it turns into something now as we move up in conference. So those are all the answers. Um, I'm not going to ask anybody to pick one that's right or wrong or whatnot. 
but uh, you know, Kai, uh, who is your biggest in-state rival? So I'm going to say Mercer because we consistently play him in sports that aren't football still. Um, and up till this year, we were playing them as an out of conference opponent in uh, men's and women's basketball um, just about every season. I think there might've been like one year there after they moved to um, SOCON that we didn't play them. I think it might've been like early um, Amir years, but um, Mercer's the only one that's ever really been established. Um, there's no hostility on Twitter or in person between us and state fans. Most of the interactions I've had have been good. Um, there were, I think, a, a reply or two or uh, quote tweets or two over the week that were deleted from state fans trying to say something about us not being a rival. And it's like, I mean, okay, I'm glad you felt the need to, you know, clarify, but um, that's the one that should be a rival. We're both public schools. We're 40 minutes away. There's a fight for the student base, I think, with kids coming out of high school. Um, and now I think that we're moving up to the group of five level in football um, that may become more of a thing. The issue there is state has their hatred for Southern, you know, they're already. Uh, and I know Southern feels similarly. So we will never be on par um, with the other half in that rival with either of those schools. Um, Southern's too far away. I mean, it makes more sense to have the rivalry we have with Jacksonville state or a school like Chattanooga than it does Southern. I mean, they're practically in another state. Um, and then, you know, the UGAs and the techs of the world um, are just playing on a different level. So um, that's obviously not to be thrown into the mix. What I am disappointed we won't get to see is West Georgia every year in men's basketball, because they're joining the ASUN this year and they're in Carrollton, which is 40 minutes, you know, Southwest of Kennesaw, which would be um, not only an easy trip for us as fans to make, but um, just a good uh, little recruiting battle spot right there. So um, I'm going to go with Mercer, but it brings up a concern that there isn't really one. There isn't a good in-state rivalry right now. And that sucks, but Mercer can't, you know, Mercer also has that issue. So, you know, why not play him every year in both sports or all sports? I don't get it. Yeah, very well said, Kai. You made a lot of great points. And I also kind of feel, you know, Georgia State kind of doesn't, you know, all the points you said are 100% valid. Another point might be they, they kind of feel like we're like little brother and not really threatened by us in a way. Um, I don't know if you feel that same way. I Yeah, but I don't care. Um you know, that we played them in football once when we were FCS and we were, and they were FBS and we should have beaten them. Um, if anything, I think they were probably scared to schedule us again after that um, because we took them to, uh, took them down to the wire. Um, and then in basketball, we've had better recent success. Like I know GSU had their, their Ron Hunter run um, five to 10 years ago or whatever it was, but like that, those times are long gone. Um and GSU sports are kind of in the shitter right now, um, to put it well. I'm not saying we're doing a whole lot better, but um, I think in five to ten years, we're going to be surpassed them. I think we have better resources, um, better facilities, uh, honestly, a better fan base than they do. So, um, you know, they have more it. money than us, though, at least right now. They're... They do, but they're also ten years ahead of us um, as far as just like athletic program progression goes. So I think we'll get there, and I think we have – uh, the facilities and the foundation to surpass them at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, we haven't played them enough for it to be a real rivalry. Um, and in football, we just were literally not on the same level till just now. So, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I mean, if you held a gun to my head, um, you know, 
I would have to say Mercer just if I had to pick something, but yeah, I don't think we have a true rivalry. You know, Mercer was our rivalry in basketball for years and years. It was excellent. You know, I was there probably towards the, you know, I guess the tail end of that uh, rivalry in the a sun. And it was just, it was every, the fans brought it every game. It felt like something, it was the big game. And um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I like that we've kept playing them most years in basketball, you know, and, and that's kind of kept it alive to an extent, but you know, we're at different levels in football. Now we haven't played them in football. It's, it's hard to call it a rivalry. Um, Georgia state, you're right. It's more, it's the most natural rivalry, but we'll never be Georgia Southern to them. Mm. Um, unless we like, we should change our name it's from Kennesaw to something with a G just so we can be GSU too. And then just try to take over the city just to piss them off. Like, like maybe move to Gwinnett and be like Gwinnett State University or something. But no, um, <laughs> move the it, school to Gwinnett. <laughs> yeah, move the school to Gwinnett, become Gwinnett State, and just say we're the real GSU. That would really piss them off. No, um, but hey, and you know, state fans don't want to hear this, but Southern does not hate you as much as you hate them. They've been around forever. You guys have not. I, you know, call me crazy, but. Yeah, they they argue over who's the real GS, um, and I think uh, Georgia Southern is the real GS. They've been around way longer. They've got like real history and tradition. Georgia State won a Cure Bowl twice, though. I think so. You know, I don't know. Well, this 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 conversation is making me hate GSU. So maybe we're getting somewhere. I I, I think we're I think we're moving in the right direction then, Ty. Uh, but yeah. Georgia State needs to be that rivalry. I, I hope we build something up. You know, play them in basketball. Maybe not even once every year. Um, play them in basketball twice, a home and home. Everybody saves money. You get ticket sales. You'll get, you know, it'll be it'll be a fun game for Georgia State's crowd and for our crowd. You can't lose. And if we can, you know, develop a football rivalry there, if we could somehow do a non-conference every year, alternate home and home, then hell yeah. Um, Producer Nick, what's your take? I'd be talking in circles if I made my point. You guys kind of nailed it. I really don't think we have one somewhere between mercer and state just because of recency and but like i don't know i i don't really get into the whole in-state rival thing i i like rivals the way they are happening naturally and and just mm -hmm. developing so yeah we'll i'd see argue what happens yeah i'd argue jacksonville state like i said even liberty's a freaking bigger rivalry it feels like mm -hmm. than, you know i think the difference between jacksonville state and liberty for us is there are a lot of other schools that hate liberty too and consider them a rival you know, Jacksonville State, it, they hate us, we hate them. Um, and, you know, that's top priority at both schools. I mean, they hold, a, they hold a KSU week of hate or whatever it is. So, um, you know, no other school lives rent-free in the Jacksonville State fans' head than Kennesaw State. So um, that one I like, and I'm glad we have that. And I'm glad we, I'm glad we don't have to force one with Mercer or State. So, um, yeah. but the difference between those two is we are passing Mercer and they don't have um, the same potential to grow as a school and as an athletics program that we do like Mercer will never, I don't think have the desire to jump to FBS or, you know, triple, um, enrollment. So, um, you know, we're, we're kind of putting that behind us, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to our next question. Um, our more fun topic. Um, what's the best place to grab a beer in Kennesaw or Marietta? Uh, Tim D says Ralph's or billiards. John S. says the Convocation Center or Glover Park. Uh, Anonymous says Highlands. Didn't love it in college when they allowed smoking inside, but they stopped that. They got cheap beer and actually pretty good cheap food. We love going there before or after games now. Michael G. says Dry County Brewery. 
Um, and Anonymous says Dry County Brewery. So, fellas, what's your spot? Uh, I'm going to be boring because I am not of legal drinking age. Um, but I'll throw out Miller's Ale House and uh, Taco Mac just because they're within walking distance. <laughs> Look at you, Kai, just playing the safe route in case the uh, and some narcs are listening in. I, so. I am not incriminating myself on the Owl Chat podcast. Yes. Uh, Nick, uh, what is your spot? Um, I don't know. Like, I really don't go anywhere just to grab a beer. But like if I was going and I had a beer at somewhere, it would probably be uh, um, Paisano's. I don't know. It's a pizza place in downtown Kennesaw. And I would be there for the pizza. But that would probably be the only place that I would actually consider probably getting a beer at. Uh, Oh, you know what? Um, I'm not going to answer this question because I, too, am under 21. So, um, though, let me I'm just disappointed that we didn't get to do our question that we talked about on last week's show, guys. And we're not going to. <laughs> oh, we're we're not gonna we're gonna pretend like the best place to poop on campus isn't a legitimate topic. Yes. No, we're yes. not pretending because it's not a legitimate topic. <laughs> it I, is. It's just uh, it didn't make the cut. Oh, you know what? Well, guys, if you're listening to this and you have a strong desire to learn of other people's secret spots, then send me a DM, tweet at us, let us know if we can please, get- please do it anonymously. Please, yeah. Please, please don't do, do that to yourself. D- DM me if I can get five DMs. I might have a case to the other guys that we need to make this public. So DM at KSU Owl Howl, and I will do my best. I will state my case, and this is why I dropped out of law school. Is it now? I Pro- prove I them just, wrong, guys. I just feel I just feel bad for all the people that are going to be giving away their spots. Like, don't do this. Be smart, right? Keep right. it to yourself. Especially me. Like, I'm still on campus. Like, John, you got nothing to lose. Well, I've been off Either campus. You, for, yeah. I've been off campus for like 15 years, but I still don't want to give up like my best parking spots. You never know when you might need it one day. It's like hoarding toilet say, paper during the pandemic. I was gonna say, Kai, I might not be a student, but I'm still on campus enough where it's like, you know what? I, I keep that the few spots in the back of my mind. You never know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the few- it's an ice spot in case of emergency. I love yeah, and- walking by the uh, the visiting team's locker at the convocation center, like during a game to go use the uh, <laughs> the bathroom under the stands. I thought you were going to say like you crop dust their locker. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, don't Breaking give me news. any ideas. <laughs> no, don't give me any ideas, Nick. But, you know, it's right there. And any good spot is going to be somewhat probably isolated for a reason. So anybody who does expose this answer is probably giving up, a, like you said, like a, a gem. It's not like you're going to say, oh, yeah, I'm, I go in the uh, bathroom at the subway station with like 50 other stalls. No, you're giving up a gem. There is no subway, John. I don't know if there was back in your day. There is in New York. Yep. <laughs> There you go. I thought you meant like the sandwich restaurant, but oh no, uh, no, no, no. I meant like the New York subway. But then I'm thinking, what am I talking about? It's 2024. Everyone just shits on the sidewalk these days. So I mean, what what are we doing here? You've been in Atlanta too not, long, not John. In Kennesaw. <laughs> not, not in Kennesaw. <laughs> You've been down inside the perimeter for way too long, man. But I have, man. I'm 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 unfortunately uh, not too far from uh, Perimeter Mall. So that's where that's where I stay at these days. We're uh, we've been rambling on for too long though, so. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up unless you got anything else to say, John. Nope, nope, nope. I think we've said enough. Fantastic. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we'll be back to talk basketball on uh, Monday. 
Thank you for listening to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter X at Kai Millette and at KSU Owl Howl. Make sure you're following our show account at Owl Chat Podcast and have notifications turned on so you're up to date on all new OCP episodes. Be sure to check out Kai's publication at BigOwlBlog.com and John's KSU message boards at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until we return, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, Go Owls!